Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it's a Monday, hot July. We're talking sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails, we love them, today at gmail.com. You want to talk about the Olympics? We'll talk about it. So send us your emails. Check out the website, com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. We are social. We like being social. You know, Ray and I, we, we, we're, we're of the people. We talk, I think Ray and Terry need a ticket. We might need to run for president, Ray. You know, we might need to, we might need to do a little something where we, we join. Well, maybe we'll, we'll be libertarians. The, yeah, I love it. The sports party. We don't have to be libertarians. The sports party, you know? We judge everything by the numbers. That's the fairest way <laughs> where you put in your work hard and you get measured by what you do, baby. I love it. Uh, that would be great. But anyway, listen, a lot to talk about today. We'll bounce around. But let's start off with some activism. Carmelo and Michael Jordan. I think with the SBs a couple of weeks ago, everybody thought it was great what the players did, and then everybody, you know, not everybody, but some people, you know, get kind of snarky, like, fine, that's cool, but then do something. Well, Carmelo put his words to action today, and in L.A., he had a private meeting, wasn't too much media involved, closed doors between a lot of African-American youth, white police officers, uh, civil leaders, you know, and he had the support of Westbrook, Harden, the whole Olympic team, men and women came to support him. And I thought that was so great because it's about communication. We have to talk to one another to stop the violence. And I think I just got to applaud Carmelo. We were talking off air. I'm proud of him. And I think it's uh, it's just good. It's nice to see get him getting his uh, Kareem and uh, Muhammad Ali on. And what did you think about MJ? You know, he, he, he wrote a letter and, and undefeated. He spoke out. He's donating money to police and to the NAACP. What are your thoughts? I mean, we've never really heard Jordan speak out uh, socially like this. It's uh, kind of refreshing. Good for him because his reputation was it's all about the sneakers, Air Jordan, and the brand. And for years, people were calling on him to say something. And he did it, I mean, brilliant, tactically, right? He gives money to the NAACP, he gives money to the police, so he kind of has both sides. And ultimately, you know, I, I don't think that uh, players should do anything that they don't feel comfortable doing, but I think in a, it's a long time coming, right? I feel like he has this platform in this forum and good for him for actually using it um you know we've waited a long time to see michael jordan do something like this yeah no you're right but you know the one thing i would say you know and it's not i don't even know if it's sides because i think we're all on the sides of peace and 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 americans i just think it's about 
not listening and not understanding to, you know, people's issues, concerns, fears, pains, you know. So I think um, I think good days are ahead. I, I don't think things are so, so dark. dark. Things are not as dark and gloomy as we, uh, we heard uh, from some people last week. It's, it's, it's a sunny day. Everybody's smiling. Let's talk some sports. Ray, boy, we're going to get into baseball, but we got to start with some NFL. Peyton Manning cleared the NFL clears him of any PED use and this and that, but not to be a negative Nelly or uh, Nelson, but what'd you think they were going to find? Nothing. I mean, not to say that he did it or didn't do it. I, I, he probably didn't, but they're not going to like try to kick him on his way out retiring after the Super Bowl win, even if they found that he did do something. I mean, don't you feel that's the case? You know, Roger Goodell's a little unpredictable, so I don't know. He could have tried to make a. He could have tried to make a. Uh, you trying to say he's a, a drunk Make uncle? an example of him. <laughs> no, not unpredictable in in that he's crazy. Just unpredictable in the sense that his desire to rule with that iron fist and and to kind of have his have his way. Executed. Well, that could be a little crazy at times. To be, you know, <laughs> be fair. <laughs> the, so, uh, I, no, yeah, but I, you're right. I, he could have tried to make a statement, uh, but you're right. Though once once you're gone from the league, it's almost like the window to do anything is is passed. So, what really? Even if they did find something, what could they have done? It would have been, you know, almost more of a PR hit than actually something that they could have done to the player. So, I don't know. I'm just glad. Well, it's a legacy hit, let's be fair. It's a legacy hit, but that's in the media. That's not so much in in the league. That's not under Roger Goodell's control. That's how we fans and we in the media are going to perceive Peyton and and where we're going to put him in the category. So, some fascinating things going on. Uh, Anthony Davis applies for reinstatement, and your boy Darnell Dockett from out here in the desert of the Cardinals retires. Um, but Josh Gordon was reinstated with some stipulations, and obviously part of that is, you know, he can do training camp, yada, yada, you got to pass some tests, but then you also have to serve a four-game suspension, which is a little weird after already being out for a whole year. I think it's just kind of adding on, but – does this uh, one? Do you think Cleveland wants him back? And two, how beneficial can he be in the Hugh Jackson offense with young receivers and the RG three? Is this a good thing? Twelve games of uh, very talented Josh Gordon for the Browns. Look, Josh Gordon of two three years ago was phenomenal. Now he's still in his what mid twenties, late twenties. So oh, yeah, physically, he's seconds. still probably right up there, right? He came he came out as a sophomore. He was in the in the uh, expansion draft, or not the expansion, the, the supplemental draft from Baylor. So yeah. he is right, you know, right there. But I don't know in past history. I'm trying to jog my brain about somebody who's been out of football for the amount of time he's been out and still been able to come back. He might be the guy though, because right wide receiver that's not a position oh, yeah. you know, that that that's not a position where you're getting hit too much these days. And when he did come back the first time, uh like a year ago, <laughs> he, he was, was gang good. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, you know, no. Cleveland right. really he, needs explosiveness on offense, uh, but on the other totally hand totally need him. 
people just don't come back to football. And I mean, Josh Gordon did, but so maybe I'll eat my words there. But people don't just easily come back. So it might take him a few games. But but he's like say, this: you'd like to draft easy. him this year in your fantasy football draft in the eighth or ninth round as a sleeper, oh, and yeah. then reap the benefits because that's the type of guy. Four games in the first four weeks of fantasy, not a big deal. But the next stretch run of the nine weeks to make the playoffs, Josh Gordon could be a deal, a difference maker as your third wideout, leading you to fantasy football victory. So, and we, don't worry, we'll talk fantasy football soon and have our preview at the end of August because I know fans are getting itchy, Ray. They're ready for some football. More football news. We say goodbye to a 10-year veteran, Greg Jennings, speaking of wide receivers, a pretty solid career and, you know, Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. What do you think about Greg Jennings? Obviously, you know, bounced around the last couple of years and didn't really do that much in Minnesota or Green Bay, I mean, or Miami, but a pretty solid career, wouldn't you say? Yes, and in fact, this guy played, you know, I didn't like how he faded at the end of his career as a fan, but those years mm-hmm. in Green Bay, I mean, this guy was exciting. And yeah. he played at the end of the Favre era and at the Aaron Rodgers era. So how fun for him to have two – I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, right? Oh, yeah, the best of both worlds, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to have two <laughs> Hall of Famers, totally different, though. Totally different in in how they lead, totally different how they play, but two unbelievable quarterbacks. So it's almost like Jerry Rice, you know, and and, uh, Tio didn't play with Montana, but Jerry Rice for sure. Um, Guys that were able to play with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two legendary quarterbacks. So he was really good. I don't know that he, he was ever great. I don't know. We'll, we'll have we have a segment later on talking about Hall of Famers, but he was a, he was a yeah. very talented, very productive wide receiver, both in real life and in fantasy. I had him a couple times in fantasy, so I can definitely say Greg Jennings did some work for me. <laughs> no, he, he definitely did. And then and the you know later parts of the day, as NFL likes to sort of like as Ray says, you know, manage and steal the news cycle. They announced new rules for concussion protocol, and they're going to be pretty tough and strong, which is forget just the lawsuits and stuff like that. I mean, this is the right thing and what they need to do. So teams do not, you know, self-report. They could face fines and potentially lose draft picks. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, you start talking draft picks, people listen, okay? That's how you get GMs and owners to listen, and they will make sure that if somebody's woozy on the sideline, they will get spoken to by the doctor, and they will not be walking back into the game, and that is a great news. That's just great news for all the players because even players don't police themselves. And, we, that you know, it's about the safety of these players, you know? It's important. So I, I salute the NFL for doing that. That's, that's positive, definitely positive, you know. You think yeah, it's long overdue? A long overdue, and I think all contact sports and even non-contact sports need to have these concussion protocols in place, which they're starting to get, but they also need to have penalties for not complying with the concussion protocol. It's one thing to say this is best practice and this is what you need to do, but the next step is if you don't follow that, there's got to be some price to pay because this is the health of your athletes. This is the the most important thing 
you know, NFL's great at marketing. NFL is great at, uh, you know, getting the word out, dominating the news cycle, but you got to protect the athletes. And there's got to be... might be the... Go ahead. No, no I was going to say, there's got to be a method and, and some kind of, you know, legislation is a strong word, but some kind of penalty for, for not taking care of these athletes. Switching to uh, another sport and just more breaking news well before we get to the basketball stuff this will lead to the basketball because we'll get to the olympics men's team but there were more reports today and we talked about al troutwick with it where he was like oh don't worry everything will be fine this happens every olympics but they did some testing in the village with the uh i guess the quarters where the athletes would stay and it had issues with the water electricity and and you know wires loose so they said they're going to try to get it fixed, and they don't know when the village will be reopened. Well, it better be reopened soon because it starts August 5th, right? Uh, uh, this is a mess. Rio is, is, is definitely – this is going to be fascinating to watch on different levels, and let's just hope that it, it's positive on the sports and not anything negative or tragic because, you know, people got to be safe not to go off the grid too in Brazil because there was uh, – some athlete was talking about, you know, oh, he had some cops take him to the AP ATM and try to take money. It's it's crazy. But the U.S. basketball and their friendlies are 2-0, and of course, over Argentina, 111-74, and then 106-57 last night over China. But the interesting part of it, Ray, in L.A., they booed Durant and Draymond Green. And i got to ask you, are the new core four and Warriors, are they ready like the Heat and LeBron were? And, you know, Bosch and Wade, are these guys going to be ready? Maybe Draymond, but the other three, Clay, Durant, and Curry, are they ready to be villains? Because I think they might wind up being villains. What, what, what do you thought? Now, this was at the Clippers Arena, you know, where the Lakers and Clippers play. But still, do you think that they're going to be ready for this? Because I think it's going to be pretty strong. So the only – well, here's a, co- a couple of thoughts. One, they they know what it's like to be the hunted. I feel like once you're a champion, which they were two years ago, they were the hunted, and they still put up 73 wins. So in that respect, I think that's good training for them. The only problem here is that other than Draymond, who was suspended and kind of, you know, was some negative things were being said about him, you know, going back and forth and, and, and kneeing people in the privates and, and all that stuff. All of these guys are nice guys and likable guys and fun guys. So they have never played the villain and they've never been booed. They were almost like the Lakers, the greatest, uh, you know, Showtime Lakers or the greatest show on turf, you know, the early 2000s um, St. Louis Rams. So they've always been kind of that fun, happy-go-lucky. I don't know that people have ever booed them. You know, people have competed against them and people have challenged them, but they really didn't boo them. So it would be very interesting to see how they handle that. They might get shaken up a little bit because all of these guys always have a smile on their face and they're always trying to be, be fun, fun-loving. fun But you know what? They might they might get a little nasty in return. So, so they might have to develop a thick skin. It'll be fascinating to watch, but I tell you this, people are getting paid, and I'm happy to announce Tyron Liu and the Cavs just reached a, an agreement, five years, $35 million extension, 
no longer a free agent coach. Congrats to the NBA champion coach, first-time rookie, not even rookie of the year, rookie of the half-quarter season, <laughs> Tyron Lue. So that that's awesome. Great deal. He deserves the money, deserves the contract. They still got to sign Jr. and LeBron, which nobody talks about. They haven't signed them. But a uh, good deal for Ty Lue. You happy to hear about Lou getting paid? I think that's a gift to my Lou. So <laughs> absolutely, because what more can you do? You know, you yeah. inherit a team that's not your team, so you don't have the benefit of training camp. But you turn them around, you win, you win a title. I mean, you know, can anybody do more than that? So absolutely, good for him. He's getting paid. The players like him. The organization likes him, and he's their guy for the foreseeable future. And another guy got paid, C.J. McCollum, Ray's dude from Lehigh in the backcourt with Damian Lillard, agrees upon a four-year, one, yes, $106 million max extension contract. Congratulations to him. And the Blazers, people might try to criticize it, but where they're not getting big free agents, you sure better keep your own homegrown drafted talent, and they're going to have one of the best backcourts for the next 10 years probably in the Western Conference. So congrats to CJ and the Blazers. They're doing it big, and they did the right thing, Ray. You, know, you said that's, it 100%. Nothing to add. You've got to keep your guys, especially when you're in Portland, when it's not a destination for free agents. So you, you have to lock down CJ McCollum. Yeah, well, you got to add to this. Our boy Russell Westbrook and some sort of two-headed Thunder dudes said he's not seeking a trade from the Thunder, which, you know, he's got to say. And I still think he's going to leave unless, you know, there's these rumors, oh, the Thunder are going to try to, you know, sign Blake Griffin. I don't see what makes Blake want to go to OKC. I mean, maybe it's about the roster and not about the location, but I I don't I, – for me – Blake's well, he's from Oklahoma LA. City, I think. That's where he's born and oh, raised. That's ah, he did go to OU. That's true. Well, I think he's from Oklahoma know. City, literally. He like that, that's home. where he was born. Well, so also, you're saying the other thing that Blake, Blake, Blake Griffin could do potentially uh-huh. is essentially trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. So you get what seven, eight years younger. Maybe nine. Well, I don't know nine. about seven. No, six, six years younger. Well, Russell's Paul been in the league of, for They both bit. came out as sophomores. So I guess Chris Paul's been in the league for, what, 11, 12 years? And then he yeah, came out with a little bit younger than LeBron and them. Yeah. Five. Oh, five. Eleven right, right years. That, I think 11. Carolina and Westbrook's been in the league, what, six years, I think. Yeah, so maybe five or six years different. Okay. So, so, But you get younger. You, you get a point guard in his prime. Okay. And I, listen, I'll buy that for, for a dollar. If he does go there, I don't see him going back there, but at the home factor, then, you know, then i got to open that door. I just don't know if Westbrook will stay no matter what because I don't know if he wants to stay in OKC. But one guy that's not staying in OKC is Dion Waiters. He waits no more, signs a deal with the Heat. i got to ask you something, man. I don't know if you've noticed this on the, on the contract signings, but between the Heat and the Celtics, these guys must have about 18 contracts now, I know some aren't guaranteed, and, you know, you're going to wait to training camp, and you could only have 15. But, Ray, like the, the Celtics the other day, they kept Zeller. They bring uh, – get Gerald Green from the Heat. You know, they signed Demetrius Jackson. I'm just like, listen, they got all 
so many guys that are returning from their roster, plus their draft picks for the last two years. It's like the the Celtics literally have like 19 guaranteed contracts right now. I'm, I just don't understand it. But anyway, congrats to Deion Waiters and Gerald Green and Tyler Zeller for re-signing with the Celtics. So just want to share some of those little NBA signings, you know, and, and, and keep things going and, and moving with that. Um, real quick, though, with, before we go to baseball, with USA Basketball, and, and Bosch is looking to get back and he'll probably be cleared and be healthy. But with USA Basketball, right, do you think, and by like one iota, can Lithuania, Serbia, or you know, I can't say anybody else. Can anybody challenge this USA team at all? Spain now, Spain doesn't have Marcus all, but I mean, do you think anybody can give them a little, a little push? I mean, obviously you Argentina know, we've can't. Been around this game too long. <laughs> yeah, we've been around this game too long to say absolutely outright no. Um, but it's hard just because the talent on the other side isn't as, you know, with the, with the guys not with the guys aging, the guys with a lot of the international experience aging. So the Dirk Nowitzkis of the world and the Mono Ginobili's of the world and the Gasol brothers, and also the, the young pipeline's not there. It's just not there. The one thing I will say is that this this team is new playing with one another. So even though you have all these warriors, I mean, Harrison Barnes is no longer a warrior, and, and uh, Kevin Durant is now a warrior. So you got three guys that have played together. Only Carmelo is really the only holdover from, you know, those teams that have gone to four Olympics, Durant with a couple Olympics. So maybe right. the U.S. in crunch time runs into a chemistry issue. Who's your go-to guy? What are your go-to sets in a Oh, they got game? a bunch of go-to. They I don't do, think they have who, one. Who do you, whose number do you call? You know what I mean? Who's your guy? Mello, Durant. Durant. Mello, is it? I mean, everybody's yeah. capable. What I'm saying is there's only one ball. So I, I, I don't think they'll have a problem, but, you know, we've seen them have problems before. Yeah, but that, I think that was mainly because of, like, the last one, which was a great championship game with Spain, and they had, you know, the Gasol brothers and uh, Calderon and, you know, uh, Rudy Fernandez and Babaca, all the, you know, they were young. They, the Spain team is not even in the, they're like fifth ranked in FIBA. Argentina's four. They slaughtered them with an old Sciola and uh, Delfino and Ginobili, those guys are, like, all bandaged up and real old. Argentina doesn't have any. If one young guy is playing for the Mavericks this year. I forgot his name, but they don't have much. So I, I think it's going to be 30 to 50-point blowouts, you know, just handed out to everybody. So maybe Lithuania or Serbia gives a little push, you know, with Sabonis and some of those other guys. But we'll, we'll see. Either way, it'll definitely be it'll be fun. Ray, we got to talk baseball. We – I guess look just looking at the standings, we'll get to the Hall of Famers in our segment and, and, and giving props to Griffin and Piazza, but the Astros, you called it, and it's happening, man. They're only two and a half back, and they are on fire catching up. Altuve's hitting homers and everything left and right, and I don't know if the Rangers feel the pressure, but was what was four and a half and six and a half, it's now two and a half. Are the Rangers just gonna just get blown by and then we'll forget about them, or do you think they'll still be no, in the wild card contention? No, I don't contention? think we'll forget about them. I think they they'll probably get the wild card, or they may be in wild card contention. But I definitely think that by you know this t- in a month's time, so 
you know, call it mid-August for sure. The Astros will be ahead by three, four games. Yeah, we're we're definitely saying that. But I got to ask you this: it's hard to fathom, but it's possible the way it's looking that the Mets and the Royals, the World Series, uh, you know, opponents from last year's World Series. Might not even make the playoffs. Now the Mets are playoffs. closer to the wild card. Playoffs, they're battling the Marlins and 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 you know and the Cardinals and and Dodgers. But the Royals are just in third place in their own division in the AL Central. Um, should both of the Royals and Mets fans be concerned, Ray? Yes and yes. Yeah. So the Kansas City Royals are now behind even the Detroit Tigers. Detroit basketball. So they're under 500. So right now, if you're the Kansas City Royals, you are, in terms of the wild card, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six oh, teams ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. And, and you got to fight with those teams. That's not that's not good. Now, in terms of the Mets, so – they just got one team, really, the Marlins ahead of them. Yeah, the you got to figure right the, the Marlins and then somebody from the AL, from the NL Central, and then the Dodgers. So they have one yeah. in each division. Uh, yeah. So just as just as tough. And you know what? Each of those teams has a compelling story, right? The Cardinals are always in it. The Pirates, Pirates have been always you know, clutch, one too. of the top three, four teams in the last few years. The Dodgers, if Kershaw's healthy, they have the ace, and, and, you know, you don't want to face Clayton Kershaw down the stretch. And the Marlins, you know, I, I, I feel like the Mets can overtake though. the Marlins. I think but, they can uh, overtake the Marlins, but I'm concerned about Kershaw's health, and uh, we'll see how that, that the pitching staff holds up without him and if he can come back. But that back, is, it's looking daunting. His back is worse than J.J. Watts, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But – I'll tell you this, one, one thing that I do know is that nobody needs to have a pitcher and their number one starter act a fool like our boy Chris Sale, the Chicago White Sox, cutting up his uniform because he did not like the disgusting, and they are disgusting, old White Sox throwbacks. Ray, I can't even fathom somebody being that unprofessional and he deserved to get fined and suspended, and he'll miss a start. And, no, they're not going to trade him. Now, the Royals might trade Wade Davis because that's been, been floating out there with the deadline, I think, next Monday. But, Ray, what's wrong with Chris Sale? Is he, they're saying he's, you know, emotional. I mean, that emotional? That much of a hothead? That's embarrassing. I, I don't know. What would you think about his behavior? <laughs> Well, we got kids watching us, man. Come on, Chris. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that one caught me by surprise. I can't even – you know, I try to get into the mind of the athlete, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, they were brought up a certain way. They were spoiled. They were always good. You know, they had grown men doting on them and saying how good they were, and, you know, it messes, you, it messes with your mind. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even have commentary on that one. I, is it that big a deal? And that's your employer. I mean, it signs your paycheck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't uh, get it. I, I, I'm with you. I don't get it. That how are you going to sacrifice a start when 
you know, yeah, you're a little bit out of it, but I mean, you're 48 and no, what? You're 40, yeah, 48 and 50. You're still kind of pushing to catch a wild card spot. How are you going to sure. start? Because of We're a uniform. We're talking about Kansas City still in it. Chicago's right with them. Yeah, I mean that is mind-boggling. So I don't think they're going to trade him, but he's got a great contract, two years left, and a, a decent salary. So you know they could move him. But um, I just don't know if they're buyers or sellers. The Yankees, you know, we got to talk about this deal because I think it's smart because trading Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs, which is the, probably the greatest rental ever because he might not resign with them. I mean, a lot of people have said that Chapman is so thankful for the Yankees, you know, keeping him or signing him that he might want to come back there. How so, crazy is that? And they just got the young shortstop, their number one prospect from the Cubs system. I mean, is this? Uh, but this does help their bullpen. I think the Cubs are probably going to be a lock for the World Series now, right? Well, the beautiful so. thing about Theo Epstein is that he's got Addison Russell. So he can trade <laughs> his top prospect at shortstop, get Araldis Chapman, lock down that World Series, and even afford to lose Araldis Chapman. But I thought it was a brilliant move by the Yankees to be sellers. Uh, would try to get rid of Carlos Beltran as well. And you need to rebuild this team. And yep. it's about time you got young and talented and if you can get rid of Teixeira, Sabathia, Beltron, these guys, I, I'm all for it. And 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 no hard feelings. These guys were great in their prime. They contributed. They were good, you know, solid citizens. Great Yankees. But there comes a time where you need to rebuild. And this notion that you can't lose in New York, no, you have to lose so that you can win. And you need to get rid of these guys that are past their prime. And if you can get some, and 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 Arales Chapman is in his prime. If you can get some value from him, because you're not winning a championship anytime soon no. with this run. Yankees are far away. They're far, far away. So that's a good move. So real quick, we're looking. We want to talk about with Griffey and Piazza some guys that are those guys. They're Hall of Famers. Griffey, clear cut. Piazza the hard way, but he was a stud of a player, Hall of Famer. But Ray and I, we want to look at. Two guys each that we kind of feel are almost Hall of Famers and maybe for whatever reason they are not going to ever get in or are on the borderline. I'm going to go first, Ray, real quick. My guy is from Santa Domingo, Dominican Republic, through Washington Heights. He's born May 30, 1972, 19 years when the bat was in his hands. He was an assassin. He played for the Indians and the Red Sox and a couple other teams later on, like the Dodgers and the Rays, and people don't even remember that, and the White Sox. But I'm talking about Manny Ramirez. Ray, I know that we've had rumors, Manuel, stories of the steroids, yada, yada, whatever, getting suspended. Uh, did he get suspended, I think, twice? But this guy batted for his career, 312. 555 homers, 1,831 RBIs, and the O and the uh, on-base percentage, Ray, 411. Manny was the stud, and to me, I don't care what anybody says. When we're talking about maybe trying to get in Rose and Bonds and Clemens and this and that or whatever, 
I don't think the steroids, steroids might have extended his career maybe, but I think this guy was an assassin from day this one. This guy was an assassin Manny, in high school. Oh, are you kidding school. me? A this GW? unbelievable. Manny's a Hall of Famer to me. I'm he's sorry. He's a Hall of Famer Ugh. in my book. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Jesus. let me give you one uh, who was just as dominant. Who Don Mattingly. Current oh, coach, manager. He's a career first baseman, Evansville, Indiana. And Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball, was our guy. Came into Ooh. the league right after the Yankees made the World Series and played in one playoff series in 95 when they uh, went to the wild card, and the Yankees lost to Seattle. So that's his one drawback that he didn't do hay in the playoffs. wasn't really his fault. Yankees roster wasn't great, but Don Mattingly but for about glove, six or seven bat. years was uh, unbelievable. So he was a six-time All-Star. He was the AL MVP in 85. He was the batting champion in 84. He won nine gold gloves and nine, uh, three-time silver slugger. So, unbelievable career. I guess the only thing holding him back is his prime was too short. His prime was only about six years. But the guy was a nine-time gold glover. He was the ultimate first baseman in the sense that he had no weakness. He, I mean, he didn't run. I guess oh, that yeah. was his only weakness. No, but yeah. he could defend, but he, was, he could throw, he could hit for average, he could hit power. He was he was awesome. It, to me, he's a Hall of Famer. Without question, he's a Hall of Famer, and I, it just it frustrates you. But I got a guy who there's not really rumors of steroids, and he came in a little earlier in '88, and he started with Milwaukee. This guy played, I mean, all over the place: San Diego, Florida. He's got a I think two World Series. We got one with Florida. He played with the Braves. Played with our Yankees, um, who was there. What he was there? Oh five, oh four, oh three, oh six, um, and then you know finished off in New York with the Mets and played with the Tigers. I'm talking about, and I think what? Yeah, he's cousins with uh, your guy, Doc Doc Gooden, right? I'm talking about Gary Shetfield, November 18th. 1968. I didn't even realize Gary Sheffield's older than us. 1968, Ray. You gotta like that. 22-year career, and Gary Sheffield, 292 average, 509 home runs, and this was the RBI machine. 1,676 ribbies, 393 on base percentage. Gary had the gun of an arm. A very solid outfielder. Can't you know? I think he won a couple of Gold Gloves. But Sheffield, to me, was kind of almost like a five-tool player because he had a good arm, he had speed, he could get you stolen bases. But Ray, he was an RBI and just hitting machine. And I think to me, there's no reason that Gary Sheffield is not in the Hall of Fame because his rumors are not any worse than Piazza's or Biggio's. You know what I mean? There was no, like, smoking gun. There was no, like, big poppy rumors in Minnesota. Oh, right. Gary is just, yeah, Gary is just like, eh, maybe he did it. No, he didn't. You don't have any proof. So why, why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame? Now, he's still up for voting, but, you know, let's see. I mean, his votes increased a little bit this year, but let's see if they increase some more. Ray, you end us out with your guy. I think all three My of guy. our guys so far should be in the Hall of Fame. My guy is probably the best of all of them. 
in his prime, right? His first five years, this guy was unhittable. Doc Gooden came in the league in 84, was the NL Rookie of the Year in 84, won the Triple Crown in his second year, led the league in wins, in ERA, in strikeouts, unhittable. Won the World Series in 86 with those Mets. Had an unbelievable career in New York, and then it all fell apart. So he came to the Yankees. He did win a World, two World Series, I think, with the Yankees. Three, maybe, I think, uh, with the Yankees. He played in Cleveland, played in Houston, bounced around, Tampa. The bottom line for Dwight Gooden, though, and, and this is the Hall of Fame wow. argument, right? It's It's yeah. the anti- Sutton, right? The anti Don Sutton. So 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 Don Sutton, all due respect, great, you know, baseball player. Yeah, but he just he, he just won three hundred games by winning fifteen games a, I mean I'm oversimplifying. Fifteen games a year for yeah. twenty years. So that's how he got to three hundred. Dwight Gooden was absolutely untouchable for the first five years of his career. He was just unhittable <laughs> and had ridiculous stuff. And, and 85 was probably was the best year. Ugh. His fastball was unbelievable. And this guy was the ultimate pitcher. I mean, you tried to beat Doc Gooden, but you didn't have his stuff. And nowadays people throw, you know, Strasburg and all the young kids throw, you know, uh, DeGrom and Syndergaard throw hard. But he threw hard, but he could, he could make the ball spin. He had a great curveball. So unbelievable performance. Uh, on the mound. How many years did Dwight I play again? How many years got into, He ended up playing the better part of like 15, 16 seasons. And and did pretty good again back on the back end with the Yankees. Yeah, he won 194 he games. Dominant, he had a 2,200, almost 2,300 strikeouts, 3.5 ERA. He was a four-time All-Star, won the Cy Young. He would have just got 200, Ray. If he would have just got 200, that might have made a difference. Yeah, the drugs and and the issues that he had off the field. But but in his prime, nobody was better. Go check out Dwight Gooden. Go check out those films, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88. I mean, that was a picture right there. Nah, it was great, man. Listen, we're getting ready to, you know, take a little hiatus. We'll try to come back and uh, talk to you Thursday or Thursday evening or Friday early afternoon. Um, training camp starts tomorrow for the Packers and whoever they're playing in the um, Hall of Fame game this year. I forgot. A lot of teams will be in camp by Thursday. So NFL, we we can smell the grass and the NFL coming and the pads coming on. And Ray and Tay will have you covered. And college football is coming too, Ray. All the media days. So maybe we'll talk a little college football on uh, Friday or or Thursday night. But we'll take about a week or two off. But um, we just want to thank you for listening. And uh, have a great sports week. And um, talk to you at the end of the week. We're out.